afternoon, good evening to the Coltech podcast listeners. Today we've got a new episode. Very happy to say that we're here with Nick Rosenthal. He is currently working with Punchlist as a co-founder and CTO. He's been working in technology for over 20 years now, having done everything from help desk analyst to a VP of tech, focusing mainly in web development and team management. And he is currently co-founder, as mentioned, co-founder and CTO of Punchlist. Recently, Punchlist have finished a three-month accelerator program with Techstars Atlanta and raised $2 million in a seed funding round to continue building the future of creating feedback and collaboration. Nick, I'm sure you can introduce yourself a little better than I can. So if you want to give yourself a little bit more of an insight. Yeah, sure. How's it going, Jack? Thank you so much for having me on. Happy to be here. Like you said, I've been in tech for about 20 years, done pretty much every job that's out there. My focus has been mostly in web development and I moved into management. And, you know, last year I became co-founder and CTO here at Punchlist. And uh, that's what I'm working on right now. Perfect. Good stuff. So with Punchlist, so in terms of when you was founded, it was around about sort of mid last year that you was founded as a business? So Punchlist is, is about three years old now. Started as a side business, you know, a little bit of a challenge that my co-founder took, uh, Pete Bernardo, CEO now at Punchlist. He, you know, he wanted to solve this problem. We both had a background, a strong background in agency work and, you know, this huge problem of, of gathering feedback, good feedback, quality feedback, right? Useful by the end of a project, when you get to that last 10% is when all these emails and Slack messages start going back and forth. And, and it, that's, you know, it's the lowest common denominator. That's where everyone defaults to that. But it, but it's a, it's, it's a horrible part of the process, right? When the project starts, everybody's excited, all the work gets done. You get to that last part, it really breaks down. So Pete decided he was going to solve this problem. So he taught himself how to write software. He coded Punchlist. And, you know, last year, he approached me and, and we kind of fulfilled a promise that we had made at the beginning when he first demoed punches to me. And I had told him, hey, I love what you're doing. Uh, if you ever want to take it from your little lifestyle, you know, side project into something bigger, call me because I, I will be there with you. And, you know, I was at a fintech doing some uh, VP of tech, very cushy, comfortable job. And he reached out and he's like, Nick, I'm ready. Take this to the next level. So I, I did. I quit my job. I, I joined Pete, and that was about you know mid last year. I see. Okay. So apologies. That was where my confusion came from because I see that you mid last year. But so what was it about the actual business that really intrigued you when, when you first heard that pitch and you first heard about Punchlist? Well, the first thing is, to be very honest, Pete and I had worked together and, you know, I absolutely love working with him. So that was, you know, number one, when you're working with the people you love, you know, it's like pretty much every business can be a great business. But the, but the problem we're, we're looking to solve and the way that it was being solved, it really just blew my mind when we first showed me, you know, the application. It was, you're loading up a live website and you're pointing to it and you're saying exactly what's wrong with it and where it's wrong. And the way it was approached, the way the the, the application was thought out, it really just lit up something inside me, got me excited and, and I wanted to be a part of it. Definitely. And that's what's important. I mean, when you're a part of the business or in your position of being a co-founder, you need to be excited about what you're doing because obviously that's the big thing that would drive you. And obviously coming from the technical background that you do have, coming in and sort of joining P and doing sort of what you're doing together, what what was it about your technical capabilities that, that you brought to the table? What was it that your whole mission was as you joined Punchlist? Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, Pete, took on this as a side project, something that he taught himself how to build it. And he did a damn good job, but but he's not a developer, right? So he called me and said, Nick, you have some experience, you know, whether it's a startup all the way to Fortune 500s, like 
you've built products at scale. You know, we need to take what we have, the application that we have, and I need to professionalize it. I need to be able to take it to the next level. I need to make sure that it can scale when we go from just a, a few hundred or, or a couple thousand uh, users to, to a much, much larger scale. So that is, you know, uh, the knowledge of knowing how to build a, an engineering team, how to professionalize an application, you know, my infrastructure background, all that came to bear to say, you know, hey, this is a good fit for, for my CTO. Wicked, good stuff. And let's talk a little bit about the sort of recent funding round, obviously just starting off here. So, I mean, what is the future for Punchlist now? I mean, you've got the funding there. Obviously, it's an exciting time for you guys starting off 2022. Is there much of a roadmap in place in terms of what your plan is? There's so much that, that we're excited about. So we have a million ideas, like all startups, right? Yeah. There's, and, and I think the problem is deciding which ones you really want to pursue. So what we have in the horizon is really, we have a good, you know, limited set of features we want to we want to get done very well. We want to polish up the entire experience to where when you come into punches, you're truly impressed from the first moment you come in. With the $2 million, the first thing we did is we went to a hiring run. And we have, in, in the next week, we're going to have four new people starting. So the wow. team, we hire engineers, we hire marketing people, operations. We're really just looking to prof- professionalize the whole operation with these, these funds and, you know, just, just really take the operation to a different scale. Wicked. Good stuff. Okay, really exciting. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that growth as well. I'm sure the listeners are as well. So, good stuff. Wicked. So, in terms of sort of the background that you, you do have in the sort of IT space, sort of where you are now, so a lot of stuff changes in the IT world. We're seeing it now, whatever happens, whether it's the development stuff or more sort of just related to the business. But what were the biggest learns for yourself in your career? And how has that sort of made you into the the CTO, the co-founder that you are today? Is there sort of a particular environment that you like to build or is there a certain way of working that you like to 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 teach to, to your employees? Yeah. So two things that I I usually try to teach these to to people I've managed and, and people I've worked with. There's there's two things that have been, you know, huge learns along the way. One is that it's always okay to do a little more to go the extra mile, do do things that maybe are a little outside your job. Like no one gets angry because you're helping out and doing more. By this, I don't mean putting extra hours. That sometimes is just like, you know, a full errand. you know, try to, to, to get noticed by just putting in more hours and hopefully people will notice I'm working yeah. really hard. I think the best way to get noticed and to move up and to, and to get new opportunities is to just try to do a little more, do it a little better, put in that little extra touch uh, that, that gets noticed. Uh, the second, and I think most important is, and it gets neglected often in the tech world, is learn to communicate. And by that, I mean, learn to speak and communicate your ideas clearly, learn to write. You know, those are all super important things that a lot of engineers and developers I've worked with are like, that's not my world. You know, I write code. And, and what ends up happening is people end up just stuck in that box where they're just doing that. And a lot of people are happy with that. A lot of people just don't realize what it's. What is this holding them back? And I think communication is key, right? At the end of the day, we're working with people. So, you know, learn to communicate is probably the number one thing that that everyone uh, should be doing. Definitely. And I mean, whether you work for a startup, whether you're working for a fang business, I mean, communication is so key. But especially with startup businesses where it can be a team of 10, 20 people. Right that communication is so important because it's it's so streamlined what's happening in terms of the business. A developer might do one thing and it will be a conversation that a CTO co-founder like yourself would be having. Right. 
And, and these are skills you can take with you, right? It's like maybe you're happy at what you're doing today, but tomorrow you might be acquiring a different set of skills or moving into a different direction or a different industry. And learning to communicate is something you can take with you and apply everywhere. 100%. And let's talk about sort of working for a startup as well. So, I mean, have you worked for a startup business prior to Punchlist? I, I did some startup work. It wasn't the best experience for me with that particular startup. I've worked with some like small agencies. I've opened a co-working space back in 2010. I, yeah. I've owned a development shop for, for some years to, you know, maybe it wasn't a startup, but it was like a small engineering group. And I've been in, in very, very large enterprises like IBM, CNN, NCR. So I've, I've seen a lot of it. Definitely. And in terms of working that startup before, I mean, I, I mean, my whole sort of my understanding of startup business is that it's chaotic, but not in a way that it's all like fire, you're getting the, all that sort of stuff is chaotic is that the work needs to be, get done sort of thing. And it's right. it's very fast paced, everything like that. So previously working in that sort of startup environment, do you feel like aspects of that job that you see in uh, with Punchlist today or stuff that you've carried over? You know, it's great that you point that out because I, I took some lessons of what I didn't want to happen. You know, I was at a startup where they felt that if they could just get get a few more developers in, that things would just move faster and that, you know, quality wasn't important, that we just needed to push stuff. And the results were disastrous. You know, I didn't last long there. I didn't like their philosophy and they can run the business any way they see fit. But, you know, I try to advise them against uh, some of those moves they were making and how it, it would come back to to bite him in the ass and uh, and it did you know and yeah. and i wasn't there to witness it you know and i don't want to glow to be like hey i told you so but it's yeah. you know a, a lot of the time in these startup environments surely we all have to wear a lot of hats things have to move fast you know organization sometimes is not you know uh, where it needs to be but uh, at the end of the day it's important to not lose sight that that quality and avoiding burnout and some of these things are still important even at the startup stage definitely okay uh, and in terms of sort of let's the type of team that you're building it, it, you've worked for obviously these sort of big corporate businesses like you said with IBM you work for startup you work with Punchlist now is there any sort of difference between the sort of team that you would sort of create now than you would with a team like within IBM uh, absolutely and you know it's funny because I was just saying this yesterday that I've, I feel so fortunate that right now I can finally apply some of the ideas that I wanted to in past teams that I've built that yeah. were getting shut down either because of, you know, corporate uh, policies or or just lack of buying from, from upper management. You know, finally, I get to build the team I wanted from scratch and really doing some some fun stuff that I think is going to be great uh, with the team. We're hiring the, you know, people that, that I think are going to be great working together. So, you know, we're really trying to focus on building. And I'm sorry if I'm moving, you know, subjects too quickly there. That but, is fine. Please um, we're really looking at a building remote and asynchronous organization. You know, Punchlist is geared towards that type of work. And, and it only made sense for us that since our, we're providing a tool that allows that sort of work, that we built an organization that really understood how to do remote and asynchronous. Uh, so being, we've been studying and doing a lot of homework on that, you know, making sure that when we say remote, just doesn't mean like, oh, just work from home, right? We want to support our people, make sure that we're providing them with the best workplace that, you know, like if they want to go to co-working space, we want to fund that. We want to give them, you know, a little stipend to, to spiff you up their, their, their home offices, you know, just uh, really focus on the remote part for asynchronous, you know, we're really trying to bring in people like we were saying earlier, like that can write and can communicate properly. You know, you're not going to be sometimes at all times, you know, online at the same time. We want to allow people to have the flexibility to work when they get their best work done, which might not be 
not a five. Really just, you know, how to build that sort of organization. And these are things that, you know, you can imagine IBM might not be as amenable to letting people dictate their own schedule. Definitely. And you need to be sort of quite compassionate within that sort of area because people are different. It's, it, people have their own personalities. People have their Absolutely. own way of work and everything like that. You can't put everyone in the same box. You've got to sort of appreciate where people come from, how they like to work. And also with the remote as well, like you're saying, with this whole communication, I feel like now that remote is just more of a norm now, you haven't got a choice whether to have bad communication because look, if you're not right. speaking to people, you're sitting at home <laughs> doing your work and you're not having that conversation. So that is so vital. Like I say, it's a massive important thing, uh, which is great that you realise that because obviously in a position that you, you're in, you can sort of streamline that down. Right. So Wicked, so look, in terms of sort of the more IT space, so you obviously work in the CTO, so you're very much on the forefront of the technology. What sort of software and products are you utilising now? Is there any particular that are coming up that you're looking forward to bringing and introducing to Punchlist? Um, you know, so one thing we're doing is for our processes, we, we are trying to minimise the number of tools that we're going to bring in and, and, and require for people to be on, right? Like there's sometimes there's that tool fatigue where, you know, well, if you're going to do X, go to this tool. If you're going to do Y, go to this other tool. So we narrowed down to two particular tools. One is Asana, the other one is Notion. And what we are doing is anything that has a due date, you know, uh, and it doesn't just have to be a technical task, right? It could be like following up with a vendor or something like that. Let's throw it in Asana and follow up that way. And that way, the entire team can collaborate and understand where everyone else. Notion we use for things that are long-lived, right? They don't, it's, it's documentation, whether it's internal uh, documentation or processes or things that we're working on or just institutional knowledge. We want that to live in Notion. So there's only two places, right? So if it has a, a deadline, throw it in, in, in Asana. If it has, you know, if it doesn't, if it's something that needs to be long-lived and shared with, with the entire team, then just put it in Notion so people can self-serve and access that knowledge. You know, communication tools, obviously Slack. Uh, I know Discord now is making a lot of noise. And, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, we might have to pick one over the other eventually. Yeah. We, we've been Slack users since forever. So, you know, we, we're sticking with that for now. Definitely. And just on that, I mean, Microsoft Teams is quite, it's quite mad, really, because here in the UK, I mean, I've only ever used Microsoft Teams. And now I'm speaking to a lot of people from the US. It seems like no one uses Microsoft Teams. So <laughs> is, is, is there a particular reason for that? Just on that, just out of curiosity? I've, I've noticed that uh, usually the more corporate uh, you oh, get is where you okay. start running into the Microsoft suite of products yeah, uh, makes and sense, everybody yeah. else is elsewhere. Uh, I see. So, yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, nowadays with technology, IT, like I said before, I mean, we're just heading so far into the future at sort of light speed, it almost feels like. There's a lot of trends, there's a lot of sort of popular technologies out there that a lot of businesses are using. For example, mobile development, mobile apps, everything like that everyone's got a smartphone. I mean, I did a LinkedIn post before where I found the statistics of the world that has a uh, smartphone. And it, it was, I believe, between 92 and 94% of the, of the world. So is there any sort of particular trends like that that you're sort of bearing in mind and sort of want to introduce to Punchlist? You know, I'd, I'd say trends that we are adopting, we are looking to develop in a way that allows us to integrate quickly uh, into other areas. And by that, I mean, we're trying to get closer to where the work happens, right? So punch list, you use it to, 
you know, review uh, brand assets or websites or, you know, other sorts of design. And that work is happening all over the place, right? It could be happening in Figma, it could be happening in WordPress, it could be happening on a mobile app. And we want to be able uh, to allow people to start a project and start reviewing things in Punchlist uh, as quickly as possible. And so in order to, for us to build integrations in that sort, and this is not a new model, right? It's a, but what we want is to have an extremely strong, you know, API that we can use for ourselves, but also, you know, eventually open up publicly and allow for other people to, to build integrations on. And then just adopt best in class for any type of client, you know, or integration that we need to bring into that. Um, okay. So, you know, definitely not a new trend uh, to build yeah. an API and build thin clients, but, you know, it's tried and true and it's, it's, it's where, we, where we're going with Punchlist. Definitely. It's a proven sort of strategy. I mean, if it didn't work, no one would be using it sort of thing. And it's been around yes. for as long as I've been in the space of IT. So, I mean, it's obviously doing something right. So in terms of, sort of your your like target market, and I do apologise that I'm not sort of fully aware of yeah. this up to this point, but just out of sort of curiosity and just wanted to find out. So your yeah. actual target market, target industry, is there a particular one or are you sort of quite agnostic in that space? Well, I would say that our, you know, our, Ideal customer profile would be an operations manager or product manager that requires feedback, not just from within the team, from out, but from outside the team as well. One of our insights is that communication really breaks down once you go outside your team. So say there's a design and development team that works together. Maybe they're all using the same tooling and they you know, provide feedback to each other that way. And that is totally fine. Now, when they need to send the work product to an executive for approval or to the legal team for a brand review, that's when it breaks down, right? You can't ask them to start using the same tooling. Uh, there's a learning curve for that. And that's where Punchless really shines, right? I'm able to just send you a link and say, look at this and just point where you, where you want to give me the feedback. So that's the ideal customer profile, right? The operations manager. Now, we've seen Punchless use in like so many different areas. Like we've seen German PhD students uploading their, their thesis and marking it that way. Landscape architects, uh, electrical diagrams, photo albums. So we've seen all sorts of use cases and we love that, right? And eventually there might be a day where you know, we have different features of Punchlist that adapts for these different customer profiles or user profiles. But, you know, right now, yes, we're we're fully focused on these operations manager, agency types, you know, maybe marketing departments within a larger corporation. Definitely. OK, cool. And just on that, you mentioned the word German and that, that just sort of whacked the questions in my mind. So, I mean, in terms of sort of the reach that you have as a business, I mean, where, where are you sort of base now? Do you have customers across the seas? We have, I believe, I can't remember the exact last count, but we was it was over 60 different countries that wow. we had users in. So that was super exciting. Yeah, you know, that's I, great. I, I love when I see when I see different languages, you know, coming in and everything. It's, it's very <laughs> exciting to see the different areas that people are coming from. So you mentioned yeah. there was 60, there was 60 regions that you was based in that the apps were on, there's different oh, languages. Okay, so Customer-wise, yes, we're, we have 60-plus countries where, where Punches has, you know, been accessed from. You know, it's mostly, I would say, that that the U.S. is our largest uh, customer base, but but we see usage from all over. And in terms of our employees, we're fully distributed right now. Everyone, right now, it's in the U.S., and we have, Pete and I are both in Atlanta, but, you know, the, the new members of the team, we have people in Pittsburgh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Denver, Colorado, and Brooklyn, New York. So, you know, free, it's starting to expand, you know, hopefully years from now, we're going to be seeing people all over the world. That That is the the, the true ideal. Uh, right now, we started in the U.S. just because it's 
easier for us to hire and to manage things that way. But, you know, the, the ideal punch list will be a, a worldwide organization where we have people from all over. Yeah, exciting stuff. Okay, brilliant. So um, as a startup business, I mean, what do you think sort of so important to bear in mind when starting a startup business? I mean, when you started a business, it is a startup business. But um, what do you think you need to consider in terms of just the top to bottom? Yeah, so I I would say that any new startup needs to just really uh, acquire the knowledge and skills to to be remote and asynchronous. You know, I think there's more to creating creating a, a distributed team than just farming out work to, to up work or something like that, you know, and, and I think it's asynchronous work becomes more popular. The top talent will come to expect it as much as they do remote nowadays. And, you know, the single largest advantage a startup, but pretty much any business can have is, is the people. So if you want to attract the top talent, I'd say, you know, start getting really smart about how you are uh, allowing these people to work. So that would be the first thing. The second is, is, is you know, try, try to educate yourself a lot in, you know, in everything that has to do with fundraising and, and terms and things, even if you may not be planning to, to be doing that right now, things change super fast. People will approach you with all sorts of, of, of ideas and opinions and things. And you, it's, it's really good idea to be prepared for those. Definitely. Good stuff. Wicked. Okay, cool. And in terms of sort of stuff like marketing, because marketing is obviously quite a big thing. And like you said, in terms of encouraging people to have that interest of being a part of the story that punch list is writing. What was your sort of whole mentality when sort of going with marketing? Because obviously there's a different way of doing it and you can have your own way of doing it sort of thing. So was there any particular sort of direction that you took with that sort of side of business? You know, with marketing, we've thus far have been a little haphazard, if I had to to, to admit to something. Uh, yeah. we're, neither Pete or I are, are marketing experts. So it's it's a sort of skill that we need to acquire, right? Like we we have product skills in space, right? We have design, we have we have development. We can do that that sort of stuff. What we don't have uh, was, was the marketing side. So we did, you know, we did some things that were very successful. Uh, we had a really good product hunt launch, for example, right? We, we stayed at number six, I think, for the day. Wow. Uh, and it was, you know, it was a really great day. We acquired a lot of uses. We got a lot of people actually seeing punches for the first time. So that was fantastic. But that's a one-off, right? That's not a marketing strategy. You know, we, we put some effort into paid ads, into SEO. But, but again, without an overall strategy. So that was one of our first hires that we wanted to do was a marketing director, somebody with experience to come in and really you know, put this together, right? All these little efforts that we have here and there into a cohesive strategy that that we can push forward. Okay, wicked. And also you mentioned as well in terms of when considering starting up a business, in terms of actually getting that funding to build your company, get to it where you want it to get to. What would you recommend for someone starting up a business to go about in terms of attracting these sort of investors, the angel investors, the venture capital businesses? What would you say is the sort of best way of going about that? I think if it's your first go around at a startup, I'd either try to associate with somebody that has prior experience or try to go through some of the reputable uh, accelerator programs. It can be an expensive investment in terms of giving up some of your equity, but the knowledge you acquire and the network you build, you know, in terms of being able to access capital and how you can talk to to investors and and what to expect, it's incredibly valuable. You know, startup founders with zero experience, I'd recommend try to, you know, get into Techstars or Y Combinator or one of the 
the, the reputable ones, there's a lot of scammers out there. So I'll be, you know, yeah. uh, buyer beware. Or if not, just try to associate yourself with someone that, you know, it's not their, their first go around and, and, you know, already have that sort of uh, skill. And good stuff. And obviously, relationships are very important within that case. I mean, it, within, like yourself, being in the industry for so long, you probably know a lot of people that you could get advice from, even even offer that opportunity to be a part of the business as a sort of investor, everything like that. Is, is that something that you utilize at all? Yeah, can't, can't emphasize it enough. I mean, relationships are everything, you know, and relationships are what brought me to punch list. They are what introduced us to a, a lot of our mentors, our advisors, our investors, like everything comes through relationships. So I absolutely recommend for people to foster those. I mean, I'm not an extrovert. I don't love going to cocktail parties and talking to everybody <laughs> and that sort of stuff. But, you know, make an effort to stay in touch with people. You know, I still talk to people I've worked with 10 years ago, right? And and check in every once in a while and see how they're doing and and just celebrate their accomplishments, stay stay in touch. I think that's super important, you know, and it and it, it, it goes around and it definitely will come in handy, you know, when you never know when you're going to need to reach out to someone uh, get some advice, get some help, get an introduction. So definitely foster those relationships. Perfect. And that nicely brings us on to the sort of the next stage of this conversation. So you mentioned mentors, you mentioned advisors, and even say your advice there. What would you say is the best advice that you've received throughout your career? Of I think I think the best the best advice, and it's almost like a like a word of warning, is that your reputation is the one thing you can't lose. So you know, try to make a good impression wherever you go do your best don't burn bridges when you leave you know money comes and goes sometimes you will succeed sometimes you will fail but at the end of the day if you always are in the up and up if you do you know if you put in your best effort if you're always honest if you you know just do the right thing that will follow you and that will that will you know pay you back in spades you know people will want to work with you again they will want to help you when you need help. They will want to endorse you for, you know, what, when the time is needed. D the same is true of the opposite, right? If yeah. you if you burn bridges, if you always have a terrible attitude wherever you go, if you screw people over, that will follow you as well. And you can't shake it off, right? So yeah. more than anything, just make sure you have a good reputation that nobody can can use against you. Definitely. No, 100%. Wicked. Okay, well, look, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people or our listeners can take from this conversation. And I really do appreciate appreciate you on that, Nick. So uh, let's round off the call. And let's let me ask you this. Is there anything that you want to tell our listeners of, of the technology world? Is there anything, any advice, any sort of news that is up and coming that we could potentially be expecting from yourself and Punchlist? Yeah, I, I would say that it's a super interesting time. So keep your ear to the ground. I mean, there's a lot going on in the web right now you can be pro against whatever it is can't deny that there's a lot of new stuff going on and there will be a lot of new problems to solve so just just keep your ear to the ground try to this all this chaos and all this new stuff it's an opportunity to to discover what what comes next and where you can you know where you can take your career definitely and we're going to be hearing some very exciting stuff from yourself and punch list so i'm really forward to that as i'm sure the listeners are as well so look i mean nick if anyone wanted to reach out to you for some sort of advice anything like that what would you say is the best means of doing that on twitter at nick dev n-i-c-d-e-v or write me an email nick at punchlist.com you know always happy to hear from other people in the industry or anyone needing a little bit of advice please just reach out i'm always available 
Wicked, good stuff. And all that sort of stuff will be in the description of this, the links to your socials as well as your LinkedIn. So anyone can sort of check you out, drop your connection, Excellent. stay connected like that. So Wicked, Nick, really do appreciate it. Been an absolute pleasure. Uh, like I said, really looking forward to hearing a lot more news from yourself and Punchlist. And to my listeners as well, thank you for listening once again. Yeah, happy new year because I didn't wish that at the beginning. Hope you <laughs> had a great holiday season as well. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jack. A real pleasure. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.